in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Chris O'Brien is on special assignment or whatever he calls it. We've got Michael Allen again. And we were spending a few minutes acclimating Michael to better microphone techniques. Yep. And we told him, we warned him here, that if he doesn't follow those techniques or makes too much noise, you know, like typing. See, I can type like this. He's, well, that's because it... it, it <laughs> you like that, that, right? If I type on a real text here, let me do that. Let me type a real text. This is me typing a real text. Do you hear me typing? I barely. I don't hear you at all. We're I'm all using right. a, an Apple Magic keyboard. Oh, that's right. You don't have this crappy PC that I have right now. Okay. Right. That's how I get away with it. And Nick, of course, uses a interdimensional keyboard. Interdimensional communication device, maybe, perhaps? I don't know. Something like that. Don't ask me. (laughs) Well, also, we never hear background noise with Nick. We always wonder about that. The the TV's uh, on mute, and... uh... There's no music blasted out, but I could always change that if you want me to. <laughs> no, I think we'll deal with that some other lifetime. Uh-huh. So we have Art Bell died on Friday the 13th. You were on Art Bell's show a number of times, right? Uh, not that I remember, no. You were never on Coast to Coast? Well, Coast to Coast, but not with Art Bell, no. Ah. I've done it with like um, George Norrie and George Knapp, and, um, and I did... Heather Wade, when she did, um, what was that show, Midnight in the Desert, that Art had some contact in or something. But anyway, no, I've never actually been interviewed by Art Bell himself, no. Maybe you were too young, because he retired about 26 times during the course of his radio career, and that was always weird. He'd have some kind of personal problem. I got to retire, folks. And then a few months later, he's back, and then he retires again. And Gene, how do you know that so exactly? 26. He retired a few times, I think. I didn't really catalog it, but it seemed like it was an endless retirement thing. So he comes back on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. That sounds like a pretty good gig. And it ends up that he quits after a few weeks because of some contract issues. Now let's put Sirius XM in perspective. When they were really getting big, they paid Howard Stern $400 million. $400 million. That's not bad. <laughs> no, that was more than Rush Limbaugh. He was probably the number one highest paid radio talk show host on the planet, at least this planet. I don't want to get into that. That's really too ridiculous. So you have no pithy observations to make about Art Bell. I guess because you weren't really that active in those years. When did you fully become active as a paranormal well, writer I mean, researcher. I don't, know, I don't know if it's so much that, because I started doing research, I guess, sort of late 80s. But bear in mind, I, I didn't move to the U.S. until 2001. And so, you know, I don't know when Art Bell was around in the 90s. Was he around in the 90s doing his show? Yeah, he was primarily in the 90s and the early 2000s. Things went Oh, well, awry. that's probably why, because, like I said, I didn't move to the U.S. until... 2001 and you know i never listened to any of his shows when i was back in england i'm not even sure they were broadcast back then you know in the uk that's all right i didn't start listening to him until 
I was immersed in writing books on technology. And my hours got to be really weird. They were weird when I was young, but I was a more respectable, mature person when I was working as a writer in the 90s. And I would be up early to finish a book, and I'd turn on the radio, and there was Art Bell with his cast of characters. You know, Richard Hoagland and all these other people. Let's talk dice here. All right. The book that you came out with recently is called The Slender Man Mysteries. When I think of Slender Man, I think of a superhero who's very thin. And he kind of sneaks beneath the windowsills or something. But that's not obviously what Slender Man is. It's some kind of urban legend. Can you tell us the origins of Slender Man? Yeah. Well, the Slender Man phenomenon, if you like, began in the summer of 2009. And it was thanks to a contest created by the guys at a website called uh, Something Awful. And the idea was to see who could come up with the best, weirdest, creepiest creature, if you like, or entity for the uh, for the Internet era. And the plan was to sort of, you know, come up with like um, a modern day equivalent of Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees all combined into one. Sort of like a, a modern day bogeyman kind of thing. And numerous people entered this contest, and essentially it was sort of, you know, creating artwork and pictures and um, things like that and uploading them to the website and seeing who was getting the best feedback and, you know, which entities, created entities, looked the coolest and the creepiest. One of the people who took part in this contest was a guy named Eric Nudson, and Eric Nudson was the guy who came up with the image and the name of the Slender Man. By his own admission, uh, Eric Nudson was inspired by the work of H.P. Lovecraft, Stephen King, Tales of the Men in Black, even an, an obscure MIB-type story, which I'm sure Gene might have heard of from the 40s, the Mad Gasser of Mattoon, this sort of creepy character roaming around the town of Mattoon, Illinois, in the 1940s, sort of tall, thin guy in a black suit. So he had all these different things, these different aspects, if you like, that were combined to create this seven to nine foot tall, faceless creature with tentacles coming out of its body and a man in black type suit. And you've got the Slender Man. So that's how it was created. But what happened almost immediately was that the Slender Man went from being just sort of this internet creation to something that thousands of kids and teenagers became fixated and obsessed with to the extent that within literally within days there were sort of uh, forums chat rooms there was an online 20 minute 30 minute episode show called marble hornets which was like a, a found footage type movie but condensed down into short episodes and it you know it ran for you know dozens and dozens of episodes uh you had wikipedia pages people posting their own artwork of the slender man their own stories online people creating Kindle books on the Slender Man. A few months after that, people then claimed to start seeing the Slender Man in the real world, this idea like of thought forms. In other words, the idea if enough people focus their mind on one particular thing, you can create like a supernatural equivalent of the fictional entity just by sort of the hive mindset bringing it to reality, if you like. 
So it's going to be like an evil version of the collective unconscious then? Yeah, but like a tulpa, a thought form, you know, even go back to things like, uh, you know, the movie Forbidden Planet, where, you know, you have Dr. Morpheus, I think, and... Um, Dr. Morbius, I think. The, Dr. Morbius, that's right. Morpheus is in the Matrix. <laughs> Dr. Morbius, where, you know, he goes into the dream state, and suddenly the monster uh, imagery of these long-dead aliens comes to life and starts to slaughter the astronauts that have come to take him home. Um, so, you know, th this concept of thinking things into life is sort of one that, you know, you can find in a lot of different cultures and, and, and theories. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I, I kind of dig in quite deeply in the book to try and you know, determine or at least explain or, or rationalize how something that we know for 100% certainty was a fictional internet creation. But, you know, then you have to sort of figure out, well, how the hell has it gone from that to being something that people are now reporting in the real world? We've got a lot more to come, Slender Man. Hmm. That sounds like a good subject for a movie, too. We have Nick Redfern, author of the book on the subject, our Guest co-host is Michael Allen. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, June 1st through the 4th for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, and UFO sightings. More than 100 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howe, Eric Von Doniken, Corey Good, Doc Wallach, and more. Get tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You see, Michael is learning how to be a crack broadcaster. As long as he's not on crack, we'll accept him here. That's a good thing. That's a good way to say it. Right. We're telling him how to get a really good microphone. I found a good bargain for him, and he's going to have the best microphone on the planet real soon. The book is The Slender Man Mysteries by Nick Redfern, how an urban legend becomes something apparently real. But the thing I would worry about, of course, in terms of the skeptical approach here, Nick, is even if some people say, hey, this is real, there's a real phenomenon here. How do we know they're not pulling our leg? Well, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people, particularly since the book was published, who claim to have seen the Slender Man. I honestly don't think they were hoaxing or just, you know, um, crazy. But I, I think a point can be made that in some cases, you know, imagination and reality cross in some, sometimes in strange and weird ways, and particularly when you're in the dream state as well, where a number of witnesses claim to have had their experiences in the middle of the night. So I think there's definitely that aspect to it. The ones that kind of interest me even more are where people, you know, literally claim to have seen the Slender Man in the woods, etc., uh, or following them late at night, that kind of thing, when they're clearly not in that state. I mean, the number of people who claim to have seen the Slender Man and have had their lives adversely and dangerously affected by the Slender Man phenomenon 
is, is pretty large. It's one of the intriguing but also disturbing things about all this is that if it is just all some sort of mass psychosis, it's taken on incredible proportions to the point where it's literally kind of ruined lives and families. So even if it is, which I don't think it is, but even if it is just something, you know, out of the imagination, then there is a massive phenomenon still at work. Well, I'd like to go back to what you said earlier when you were talking about the formation of the reality by focusing on it. Mm. And there was a book that I read, and I don't ask me what the name is. I'll have to go through the numerous books that are on my bookshelf, but it's basically a book on uh, Kabbalah mysticism. It's Western mysticism. It talks about mm. forming the thought while you're doing yeah. the, the Western meditation, aligning your chakras and all of this stuff. It is very weird. But at the end, it explains a procedure that you can go through. And it's very much something like you'd read out of the Golden Dawn, where you visualization and you form your hands and you can create an entity like an angel or who, whatever. It doesn't matter. An, a, an intelligent entity by repeating this ritual over and over again until your mind accepts that as something that is externalized. And I find that extremely fascinating. To, that kind of goes into what you're saying is that when you get enough people, they feed off of each other and they form and they somehow in some way externalize the reality within their brains into the physical environment or at least what they think is. And it becomes a shared experience. And I think that is very fascinating. No, I mean, that, that sort of goes straight down the, the path that, you know, I think is the right one. When you talk about the Golden Dawn and everything, I mean, a lot of this does tie in with some of Crowley's early work and sort of latter-day stuff into things like chaos magic. When you kind of look into this angle of bringing things to life, I mean, I'll give you two examples, one an old one and one a relatively new one to demonstrate how this doesn't just relate to things like the Slenderman. One of the most sort of famous stories is the, the story of a woman named Alexandra David Neal. And she was kind of like a, a 19th century through 20th century equivalent of someone like Indiana Jones. You know, she traveled around the world having all sorts of adventures and getting into scrapes, etc. She spent a lot of time in Tibet where she learned the concept of the tulpa, as it's known in Buddhist teachings, or the, the thought form. And she became fascinated by this and endeavored on to try and create her own thought form. And um, she focused on the image of like um, the Friar Tuck character from the um, Robin Hood stories. So it was like this sort of jolly kind of fat monk with a brown kind of outfit and a hood. And she visualized him. In, in a sort of an altered state of mind, got herself in a, a trance-like state and spent weeks and then months trying to visualize and create this entity. When it started to work, she saw this vague shadowy figure out of the corner of her eye. But then, as time progressed, it became more sort of physical, if you like, to the point where she said she could actually see it. Everything was fine for a short period of time when suddenly something very strange and kind of disturbing Begin to, began to happen. What that was, was that this sort of jolly, fat, friar type character begin, began to change. What happened was that the chubby, round face became more lean with cheekbones, and the smile that he had, which was kind of a jolly smile, became more like, I guess, a smile you might have seen like in Jack Nicholson in The Shining, <laughs> something like right. that. The Cheshire Cat in uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh. 
And what happened from there was that something that Alexandra David Neal was warned about, that when these thought forms become more and more powerful, they become more and more self-aware to the point where they are self-aware and they fear, if you like, being deconstructed by the creator. So they then turn the tables on the creator to try and kill them in an effort to make sure that they cannot be you know, deconstructed or disintegrated. So that's one. That case goes back to the 1930s. Now, a more updated one, which kind of relates to a lot of, uh, one issue, if you like, that a lot of people have an interest in, sort of comic books, uh, relates to a, a famous British um, comic book writer named Alan Moore. Now, Alan Moore, to give you an idea of just a couple of the things he created, he created the, the Constantine character in the comic books and the movie of the same name, the movie with starring Keanu Reeves. He also created the V for Vendetta character, which was also also became a hit movie. Um, now, Alan Moore, as a comic book writer, you know, when he was putting together the character of Constantine, who, for people who don't know, in the movie and in the comic books, he's sort of like a, an assassin who goes out assassinating demons. And he visualized how... Constantine would look. Now, he actually focused on the idea of having Constantine look like Sting from the police. So he had sort of spiky blonde hair, kind of thin, etc., uh, etc. Et and he had him sort of like a black outfit and visualized him like that, even though in the movie, you know, Keanu Reeves looks very different. But for a long time, Alamore was focusing on this image of Constantine. He wanted to get him exactly right, you know, his character, his looks, everything. Then something really strange happened, as it did with Alexandra David Neal. One day, Alan Moore, and he's gone on record with this, I should stress, Alan Moore said one day, not long after he was sort of visualizing Constantine, he was sitting in a restaurant on the River Thames in London, England, and he saw, coming right towards him, the Constantine character that he had seen. We will learn more about Constantine. Is he Matt Ryan? I'll tell what that means soon. With Gene and Michael and Nick, you're in. The For listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, Get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653, 877-886-3653, GoBerkey.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. 
At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Childhood is full of wonder, and we get the chance to relive it with our grandchildren every day. But imagine missing special moments with a grandchild or seeing them through cloudy vision. The Foundation Fighting Blindness can help by providing valuable information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of vision loss in people 55 and older, but it doesn't have to be. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is driving research and saving sight by providing information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Don't miss a moment of your grandchildren's youthful wonder because of poor vision. Learn more about vision-saving preventions and treatments. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD or go to the website fightblindness.org where you can find so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. That number again is 1-800-BLINDNESS or fightblindness.org. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I've heard of stuck in overdrive, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> Nick, you're familiar with Matt Ryan, right? Yes. Matt Ryan is the guy who plays Constantine on TV. And My brain just had a stack overflow, Gene. 
What are we talking about? I think he just performed some magic on us. What do you think? <laughs> Real magic, you know? That was the topic of last week's episode. Are we allowed to talk about last week last week's episode now? Briefly. Uh, briefly. Well, we're not going to talk about it if you're going to say briefly. I just said if I mention something, it's kind of interesting. It might dovetail into what we're talking about right now. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Well, basically, as I said, Alan Moore was focusing on creating this character of Constantine, focusing on it, thinking about it, visualizing it. And then one day, having lunch on the river, in a restaurant on the River Thames in London, England, he saw what he said was the Constantine image that he created. And it strode towards him in the restaurant with this sort of conspiratorial, slightly menacing smile or grin on its face. He didn't know what to do. He was almost like frozen. And then he walked past him and Alan Moore just did not get up. He didn't know what to do. So that's like two perfect examples of dozens and dozens where creating something has an extremely negative effect on the creator, whether inadvertently or deliberately created. I talk about all this in the book with a Constantine angle and demonstrate how it can be paralleled with what's going on now with the whole Slenderman thing. Well, let me just throw this out there because you mentioned the grin several times and I keep going back to the fact that if you've ever showed your teeth to a dog, how quickly an animal will respond to it if they don't know you personally. And grinning and showing your teeth from an evolutionary perspective, that seems very significant to me. And there may be a mechanism there in the collective unconscious that survives for ages that has come into that experience, that human experience. And I'm, I'm wondering what you think about that, because that's what I keep thinking about when you mention the grin. Well, it's interesting you should mention that because, you know, sort of that kind of creepy grin, you know, is something I guess everybody can kind of relate to. And, you know, Gene may know that there is this sort of kind of subcategory in the world of the paranormal that's known as the Grinning Man. One of the most famous Grinning Men was an entity that surfaced in the Mothman phenomenon of 1966 to 1967 called Injured Cold, which kind of sounds like some sort of weird Charles Dickens type character. But, but the Injured Cold was like this man in black type character with this sinister grin on its face. And, you know, you can find so many of those. You know, when a smile is presented in a way where it looks like you're about to be chopped up by an axe. That kind of image is actually quite disturbing, you know, a smile which doesn't really look like a smile. Well, it's showing your teeth. If you do it to a dog, the dog will growl at you. And I've done it many times to prove to somebody that a dog, you know, somebody says, this dog will never hurt anybody. And I, I pull on my best, for lack of a better term, whatever, eating grin, that dog bolts backwards and you know when you show your teeth it's like you're showing your weapon from an evolutionary perspective it makes sense that that would be something that is stuck in our in our background in our reptilian oh, yeah, brain right. yeah you're right and, uh, i think it's kind of almost like a primal thing where there are certain things that we all relate to in our subconscious which suddenly at times you know come forward when we don't normally think about them but but it's just something innate within us it's kind of like you know when, when you're talking about dogs when a female dog gives birth to the puppies 
the dog instantly knows how to look after the dogs and feed them. It's something, you know, and we all have that angle in our minds as well of certain things which are archetypes within our minds and our subconscious which are there no matter if it's the 21st century or 10,000 years ago. There are certain things which within our subconscious or our mind are always there and I think that angle like you say bearing your teeth everybody knows what that means and I mean I was reading a story not too long ago about a tribe in South America that was one of these tribes this uh, back in the 30s where they'd never met anybody from any other culture when they were able to sort of start to speak to them a little bit they nodded and shook their heads in the same way we do nod meaning something good or uh, you know, a shake to the side, something bad or negative. And yet they never met anybody else, you know, any other tribes, any other people. But they had the same kind of approach to things as we do. So, you know, I think that's an important thing, you know, that sort of primal subconscious thing that affects everybody in pretty much the same way. Yeah, no, it's very interesting to me. I mean, that you see these things in, in different cultures that's how you can independently verify that what you're dealing with is a, is a common has a common source that is yeah. meaningful and not something that is just passed around like a meme. That kind of segues into what I was thinking about the Slenderman thing because it started out as kind of a joke on something awful. And I happen to know yeah. a couple of you know a few of the people that were on that forum, and I know their behavior, their whole outlook. They're extremely cynical group of people. They're just going to create something for the purpose of creating something that self-replicates in the humans, you know, in the social collective psyche. But once the group of people get together, the question is, is that what is there that's actually real that has been created and one is probably slipstreaming or connecting with something before that takes on that form? That's what I'm wondering. I mean, it's it's, it's a fascinating topic. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about, I mean, were you talking about something that kind of like pre-existed, you mean? Yeah, you have something that somebody creates, and maybe they Mm. create it because it's already in the background in their collective unconscious. But it connects to something physically real that maybe it would have existed, you know, in the past. This is what we're talking about is very complicated, maybe very complicated. Yeah, no, actually, that's a good point you bring up because there are, or there is good evidence or good data at least to suggest that maybe the Slender Man, we know for sure the name the Slender Man and the specific image of the faceless face and the tentacles and the suit, we know for sure that was created by Eric Knudsen. But in saying that, you know, you can find sort of very similar things that had different names throughout history. I mean, in Germany, they have one called Der Grossmann, which has actually been incorporated into a lot of the fictionalized stories surrounding the Slender Man. You can even go back to the centuries-old, literally centuries and centuries-old folk tale of the Pied Piper of Hamelin, which is this sort of a story for kids, but which is actually quite disturbing and dark, where you have this tall, thin, strange-looking character who comes into the German town of Hamelin and offers to rid the town of all its infestation of rats. So he pulls out this supernatural flute, which when he starts to play it, it hypnotizes all the rats. They follow him to the river and they're all drowned. Then the mayor of Hamelin refuses to pay the piper 
the amount of money that he promised him. The piper, this tall, skinny figure, decides to get his own back and he starts playing the flute and he hypnotizes all the children in the town and they follow him into the woods and then they vanish into like a portal into the side of a mountain. That sounds incredibly like a lot of the issues surrounding the Slender Man. You've got the tall, skinny figure who's dangerous to children, who lurks in the woods and hypnotizes children and takes control of them. That's very much like the Slender Man. So, yeah, you can find these archetypes, sort of ancient archetypes. For example, Native American law, they have one known as Walking Sam. Again, a sort of predatory, dangerous, tall, skinny figure. So, again, that imagery may be sort of embedded in our subconscious and possibly Eric Knudsen, we know he created the Slender Man, but how much of it is sort of developed from imagination or how much is developed from, you know, your subconscious, but in an unknowing way. Indeed, the, when you look at the, the being itself, and, you know, I'm, lo I'm looking at the cover of the book, you see the faceless man with these tentacles and these arms, and I wonder, can you test your theory about whether or not this is a physical or a psychic phenomenon by just simply looking at the fact that the individual or the being in question homologically doesn't make sense from an evolutionary perspective. More to come yeah. with Nick and Michael and Gene. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original, most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio any time, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Nobody on this planet will match Nick Redfern. Yeah, that's correct, because he calls to stack overflow in my brain, which I think is a magical ability. He called John Constantine. Are Are we live? We're Memorex. <laughs> okay. You may continue, sir. Um, we'll go back to the uh, homology of the creatures involved. I mean, like, for instance, when you look at him, it's a cross between it. It's like a cross between a human and a horse. It's a centaur. And when you look at that, there's no creature in the evolutionary lineage that ever looked like that or ever had that bone structure. In other words, you'd have to do some... If you look at every creature, and homology is, by the way, an extremely interesting branch of zoology. And it's something that I think that every cryptozoologist should pay attention to. Because I think it gives you hints as to whether or not something that you're looking at is something that is created as as a kind of a psychic confabulation or created reality that's externalized versus something that in prosaic terms is, is something that could exist. And, you know, you think about you think about the number of body forms that have evolved over the centuries and the millennia and the millions of years and how each leads to the next. You know, like, for instance, the horse. The horse actually has a thumb. It's a little knob that goes up way up on. I don't know if you've ever looked at a horse, but they, it has a thumb, but it's a knob. Okay. 
and its hoof is is what correspond to the middle finger of a human being. And I mean, this is the science of homology and evolutionary theory. And so, you know, you look at a bat's wing, you, you see there are five appendages on each wing. You see the thumb, you see the same kind of the metacarpal, but it's lengthened. Everything is according to what you would, and you could take and you could continuously deform in the same way you would continuously deform a coffee cup into a, you know, a donut, right? Because they're topologically equivalent. And in the same way, you can deform a bat's uh, skeletal structure into a human being by shortening or lengthening or whatever of the different uh, skeletal element. And I wonder, because I know I know cryptozoologists are interested in these different forms and whether or not they're physical or they're something that comes out of human imagination. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, a case could be made that, I mean, a lot of things, you know, within the field of cryptozoology and different phenomena could be thought forms. If you look at lake monsters, you find stories of lake monsters all around the world. I mean, certainly the most famous ones are like Nessie and Ogopogo and Champ and things like this. But if you think about it, when you, if you sort of you go into the ocean for a swim or whatever, it doesn't, you know, let's say you just go on vacation somewhere, you're swimming in the ocean. There's part of you thinks that, well, you know, I can't see this water too well. I wonder what's down there. And kind of like you've got a spooky-looking lake surrounded by mountains and forests and crumbled old castles. And you look out at the lake and you think, I wonder what's lurking in there. So, in other words, I sometimes wonder if lake monsters, you know, this with lake monsters, this angle of the human mind thinking, you know, this is a creepy-looking lake and the fog's coming over it. What's you know, and it's 200 feet deep, what's lurking down there. I do sometimes wonder if, because we never catch any of these lake monsters, we never get solid evidence, well, maybe it's just the human mind, the sort of, the intrigue, the fear of what's lurking in the depths may actually create archetypal lake monsters. And then, of course, when the ball starts rolling and you've got four or five very famous ones, people then start to think, or they wonder what's in their local lake, and somebody else thinks what's in their local lake around the world. And I could easily see how it would become like a, almost like an infection, you know, just spreading far and wide. Well, it's like you said in one of your last episodes, I mean, the Loch Ness Monster is not just one form, it's many forms. Mm. I mean, in, in one form, it was like a, a what, like a, a, a frog sitting on a shelf. And another form, it, in other words... You go back in time and you look at, you see different forms, but it's the same environmental situation. And I thought that that was fascinating that you brought that out. That was uh, Well, I mean, let's not forget as well that uh, none other than Alistair Crowley actually had a house almost on the shores of Loch Ness called Beleskin House. You know, he was involved oh, in all he? sorts of... Yeah, it's called Beleskin House. He lived there for a number of years and uh, it burned down in 2016. But yeah, I mean, he was involved in all sorts of rites and rituals at Loch Ness before the sudden wave began in 1933. So, you know, I think that's an important point to make. Um, you know, when you're looking at, again, you know, this idea or this angle of how many of these strange phenomena might actually be in existence because we 
in a strange way, willed them into existence. I mean, if you look at, for example, the Slenderman imagery that um, that um, Eric Knudsen himself created, I mean, by his own admission, he was actually quite um, inspired by the works of um, H.P. Lovecraft. Now, I would be at all surprised if part of the imagery of the Slenderman that came from Lovecraft was the tentacles, you know, because Lovecraft created all these sort of tentacle-based, water-based monsters, you know, like Cthulhu, and uh, by all accounts, Lovecraft had sort of a, almost like an, an obsessive hatred or fear of, um, you know, things like octopus and things like that. Um, and also, H.P. Lovecraft uh, would talk about how in his quite vivid dreams he would encounter these creatures he called the night gaunts which would sort of take him high into the sky and then drop him to the ground in his dreams but they didn't have faces so i'm pretty sure that's where he got the faceless angle of the slender man from but what's interesting is that by uh, lovecraft's own admission a lot of the creatures and entities and ancient cities and ancient civilizations that he incorporated into his stories he said he saw envisaged all this in his dreams and his nightmares and he just put it down to having very visual dreams but you know there's a school of thought today that thinks that lovecraft may have been actually astrally traveling and creating these things out of the power of his mind if you like by actually seeing in an altered state real realms beyond ours but then focusing them so deeply that he started to create real-world equivalents of them. And a good example of this, uh, the Nightgaunts, these faceless creatures that he claimed to have seen in his dream state, well, if he was so inspired by them and came to believe in them, you would expect somebody else would see them. And somebody else actually did, namely his mother. His mother said that she saw them on several occasions in a totally waking, everyday state, as if Lovecraft had dreamed about them and then was so obsessed with them, created them in the real world to the point where his mother on several occasions was able to see them. So, you know, you look at all these angles, the ties between the Slender Man and the Lovecraft angle and the dreams coming to life, and then the whole angle of, like, for example, Crowley working at Loch Ness and potentially, you know, creating directly or indirectly lake monsters, you can easily see how some of our weirder creatures and monsters spilling over into the world of things like chaos magic could actually create something of a highly dangerous nature and that the Slender Man may be sort of the, um, the definitive modern-day equivalent of what Lovecraft was doing and what um, Alexandra David Neal was doing as well. But this one has a big difference because it has an incredible following of literally tens and tens of thousands. You also have to throw in Medusa. I mean, that was the classic yeah. tentacle uh, multi, the thing that would, that would terrify people. And I like what you said. You know, you said that, you know, what, what if these entities are terrifying people in order to suck the energy out of them, you know, because they get their, you get you get your adrenaline going up and, and somehow they feed off of that. And I thought that was interesting. That there, There's something terrifying in the human psyche about tentacles, about multiple appendages, spiders, arachnophobia, where you have multiple, I mean, you don't, why are spiders so scary to people? It's because they have so many arms and they're unpredictable. 
We're unpredictable, yeah. too. You'll see this yes, in a are. moment. We've got Nick Redfern. The book is The Slenderman Mysteries with Gene and Michael. You're in the listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Nick Redfern is in rare form today. Yeah, that was longer than the last one. Mm, it's called brain damage. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> one of the interesting things is I was I was just pulling out uh, one of Jung's books. Uh, by the way, I love C.G. Jung, and I was archetypes of the collective consciousness. And I went to the index for a shapeshifter, which I know is not really the topic of this discussion, but it was interesting. There was a there was an entry on shape changing figures. He mentions uh, it's a. Uh, 
the chapter is called this on the psychology of the trickster figure i read too much you know, love this guy on the psychology of the trickster figure oh what do i think about it is that what you said I, I, i'm asking you what you think because i mean this guy he talks about and I quote, a curious combination of typical trickster motives can be found in the alchemical figure of Mercurius. For instance, mm -hmm. his, his fondness for sly jokes and malicious pranks, his powers yeah. as a shapeshifter, his dual nature, half animal, half divine, his exposure to all kinds of tortures, and last but not least, his approximation to the figure of a savior. Mm. That's a quote. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole kind of trickster angle is an interesting one. You know, the idea of these sort of manipulative entities that sort of play pranks on us. You know, it starts as sort of playing pranks. Sometimes, you know, it can be quite dangerous and manipulative to where people find themselves obsessed with certain things because they're being driven by some sort of manipulative entity and sort of it's like a warped humor sometimes. And, um, I mean, one of the things I would say in relation to the the Slenderman phenomenon is that there is no doubt whatsoever that a significant number of people who get interested in the Slenderman phenomenon don't just stay interested. They become obsessed and they start to have weird synchronicities. I talk about this in the book with synchronicities and Slenderman. You know, they start to get these weird synchronicities, which draws them in even further. Um, they start to have weird dreams about the Slender Man. They start to lose the grip on the difference between reality and the dream state and fiction and imagination. They all kind of blend into one. And the trickster then, you know, begins to manipulate them more and more like a little puppet on a string. And I think while there is this sort of playful, mischievous angle of the trickster, there's actually quite a dangerous and disturbing aspect to it, the way in which people's lives have been ruined because they've been sort of reeled in by this trickster that is doing enough to catch their attention, but not enough to where they're not, you know, they can leave it alone to such an extent that they just, they become obsessed. And that's what we're seeing now. And I think, you know, the, the trickster angle is a perfect example of how people's minds are sort of affected and they become obsessed and they they cannot leave it alone and um it is just really like a kind of like a like a magnet and it, and it rarely ever ends in a positive fashion really either it ends in disaster and tragedy or the person just lives their life you know just chronicling in their journal all the weird stuff that happened every day yeah no i, I mean i'm reading one of the um it states that in may 2014 two young milwaukee girls almost killed a friend in the name of Slenderman. Yeah. And, then, you know, that's a that's an example of what you're talking about, and that gets back to the dual nature, half-human, half-divine. You've got the animal nature and the half, you know, the human nature combining in one being, and somehow by, by externalizing these forms of thought into a tulpa, mm. which is what you're talking about, the thought form, becomes a kind of theater where you can act out, you know, those those primal primal instinct in a in a way that is that is that is acceptable socially or you know or mildly associated socially because it's not social it's not socially acceptable to go and murder a bunch of people. 
but but in a way it's because it's it's humanized in that form it, it becomes a reality in the being and the people that that meditate or think about it i think that's a really fascinating uh conclude i mean that's something that i that i would think that would be a very disturbing and you know we're studying more well, you're right. I mean, it's good that, you know, you bring up the, the case of the two girls because more than anything else, that I mean, that attack occurred in 2014, May 2014. But the actual Slenderman phenomenon began in 2009. So for five years, yes, there was a great deal of attention and obsession and, you know, the Tolper angle being discussed. It was actually pretty much just in that sort of large large environment, you know, so in the thousands, but outside of that community, very few people knew about it. That all changed in 2014. Now, what a lot of people don't know, and it never came up in the the whole issue of the court case or anything like that. I'll, I'll take the story of the attack first and then jump back. It was um, Saturday, May the 31st, during the day, when two friends attacked one of their previous friends. Now, the two girls that did the attack, Anissa Weir and Morgan Geezer, and the girl who attacked, was attacked was named Peyton Lutner. And all three of them went to school together and lived in the city of uh, Waukesha, uh, Wisconsin. And Waukesha is actually a small city. It's a, a suburb of Milwaukee. And everything was fine the night before. The two, the three girls, excuse me, had sort of sleepover. It was one of the girls' birthdays, and everything was fine, you know. The next day, um, the two girls lured Peyton Lutner um, into the wooded area of the local uh, park in town, and uh, Morgan stabbed Peyton 19 times, uh, and it was, you know, a wonder, a, a miracle almost, you know, that she didn't die, because several of the wounds were very close to major arteries and organs. Um, and it wasn't long before the police caught up with them. They actually fled the scene assuming that Peyton was going to die. Fortunately, she didn't. Um, a guy on his bike coming past on, in the park saw her, and you know the ambulance and the uh, emergency services were soon on the, on the scene, and she's now made a, a great, you know, a full uh, recovery. But the two girls basically were headed off to an area of woodland outside of town where they believed the Slender Man had this sort of creepy mansion and they were going to live with him as their proxy, as that's how they worded it. And they believed that by essentially um, sacrificing their former friend, that they would be able to live with him. Now, this was not, you know, a ploy to get off on an insanity plea, if you like. They fully believed in the existence of the Slender Man to the point where, you know, when they were, if you see any of the police footage, which you can actually now see online, you know, they were talking about matter, matter of factly. Oh, yeah, you know, this is where he lives. This is what he looks like. He can read minds. He does this. He does that. And it was almost like their minds were detached, you know, from reality. Um, and just recently, you know, the the um, the court basically sort of came up with the uh, you know the result of what it was going to be. And they, you know, they weren't sent to prison, but they are basically, you know, behind closed doors until they'll be well into middle age. But what's really interesting, and I've not actually seen this written about before, and I think most people don't know, but I made coverage of it in the book quite extensively. The very night before the attack, the attack was made the 31st, so the night of the 30th, um, Dave Schrader was doing a guest host on Coast to Coast, 
and the whole angle of the show was sort of ghosts and thought forms and tulpas. An extensive time was given to this angle of the Slender Man being a thought form. So you have thousands of people listening to this show um, in relation to the Slender Man being a thought form. And, you know, the more people that listen, more people that buy into it, the stronger the Slender Man gets. And then what do we get? Less than 12 hours later, we have the most notorious aspect of the Slenderman phenomenon, this attack on this young girl, just hours after Coast to Coast was talking about the Slenderman and thought forms, which, you know, nobody's really touched upon that. And I actually think there could be something to that. Okay, yeah. we're going to think and maybe bring something to life or whatever we call it. We have Nick Redfern, Michael Allen, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracastuses. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code Paracast30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes... Include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. God, what is that strange voice that is coming forth? It was supposed to be Schmeagol saying the Paracast is, but... I don't know. I may have broken an FCC rule there. Well, I have to go back and edit what I have to edit. Don't worry. That's why we record the show. I want to tell you something, though, ladies and gentlemen. What happens with the Paracast and all GCN shows is that they go through a seven-second delay. So if anybody says something untoward, it's going to be censored. I have no idea what I was talking about earlier, but I think I was <laughs> sorry. I had a stack overflow. <laughs> this excuse you're having here, a stack overflow, you have been infiltrated by some kind of nanobot. All right. So here's the thing. I, I don't remember most of what I'm talking about, like from one minute to the next. It's kind of a, a weird thing of mine. I just uh, They have to deal with me at work. They have to remind me like every five seconds what we're talking about. So anyways, uh, I, I think we were talking about, jeez, uh, uh, somebody remind me, please. The attack, the two girls and the attack. Yes, yes, that's right. And uh, uh, thank you, uh, Nick. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, the thing about it is, is that, you know, you look at that and you see, you know, I see two people, I see it, uh, they're... In the name of the Slenderman, you know, it's like it's like this. Yeah. This is this is a real entity for them. That that this is something that it's it's like John Titter. John Titter was the John Time Traveler who posted a bunch of you know bogus stories, and then people started believing them, and it started becoming real to them. And I, I actually have a personal friend of mine, one of my best friends, who actually bought into the story and it became real and and there's something to that there's something to the fact that when somebody accepts something that is yeah. reality 
it becomes a part of their environment. It, it comes out in places where they wouldn't expect. And, you know, you have these episodes of synchronicity. You have these episodes of, of these, what I would call non sequiturs, which are things that happen in your reality that don't quite match what you normally feel in that same situation. I mean, the brain is a really amazing pattern recognition, you know, uh, computer and when it sees something out of place it's almost as if it's almost as if and, and I want to I want to throw this out here but it's almost as if our eyes are closed to the greater reality of the universe and when something comes in that suggests something that might be close to something that's real it's like suddenly our reality envelope expands you know what I mean well yeah yeah, and I think you can find that within the Slender Man phenomenon, you know, the whole issue of reality not seeming to be what it really is, you know, the idea of things coming to creation when they never really existed in the first place, um, you know, and, and how the human mind feeds into all this. I mean, I'll give you another sort of weird angle, again, which was not covered by the court when the two girls, you know, were, were taken to court. And granted, you know, the court's not a place to, uh, any court is not the place really to debate, you know, the merits of the paranormal or not. But again, something which, I, again, I don't think that anybody, whether prosecution or the defense knew about this, but in 1921, the body of a, a young boy was found in a pool in Walkershire, the same town where the, the girls launched their attack in 2014. Now, the little boy, unfortunately, you know, he was never identified, but he was known by the local police and as the, um, the press when the story broke. as little Lord Fultonroy, which is taken from the story of this little boy who, you know, lives in a rich family and rich clothes and whatever. And they called him by that name when the body was found because he was wearing expensive clothes. And they never did identify him. But a psychic looked, looked into this and said that she saw the body of the boy being carried through the woods by this tall, thin man in a black suit. Now, bear in mind that, you know, when the boy was, was murdered, this was 1921. This was just a couple of miles from where the girls launched the attack in 2014. Now, one of the people I interviewed for the book was a guy named Mike Huberty, and Mike had his own encounter with a tall, skinny, dark figure in, in the woods in 1994, just a couple of miles from where the girls again launched the attack. So what we have is we know that the two girls were affected by the Slenderman phenomenon, but what we've got is a story going back to 1921, 1995, of creatures or entities eerily similar to the Slenderman but which existed long before the name Slenderman was created, but almost within spitting distance, if you like, of, um, of where the girls launched their attacks. So, you know, you've got some really weird stuff going on, which has inevitably led some people to think that the girls, you know, weren't personally um, responsible, if you like, that the responsibility was actually more supernatural based than it was you know evil or just due to a, a glitch in the mind you know well imagine imagine somebody having to explain that in that respect yeah. in, in the in the terms that you just you've just mentioned them mm -hmm. and you're talking about something that spans time and space and mm -hmm. time i think is the more important dimension of this is that how do you explain that to somebody who 
you know, in other words, at some point, the human brain with its current 21st century physicalistic ontology is just going to give up. It's just going to say, you know what, this doesn't make sense and I'm going to throw it out. But then when you start to look at it, you, you look at the, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we don't have a real good model of reality that encompasses what we're dealing with here. It, it, it is almost as if we're blind to something. And uh, it's, it's really fascinating to me. And I, I think, by the way, I've, I haven't, I, I plan on reading some of your works because I've, I've, I've been, as I've been listening to you, you're a collector of stories and you don't accept or you don't make hypotheses. You just p p present them and you draw connections between them. And I think more people well, need to do that. And that's a, well, that's yeah, I mean, I do, you know, I do get a lot of accounts given to me. If people are happy with the stories being used, you know, I'm, I'm always grateful to that. But, you know, like you said, I, I relate the stories and then I, I do give my opinion on them, but I always stress to people that it is my opinion. I think the worst thing you can do is sort of write a book and be the equivalent of like a preacher banging on the pulpit saying, you don't do this, you will burn in hell, you know. Um, <laughs> right. I think... It, the, the, the approach of telling people that your view of things is the correct one is there's nothing wrong with presenting your opinion, but if you start telling people that this is the correct answer and you know it for sure, that's a dangerous path to go to. But, you know, that's almost like, you know, these cult leaders who have their, you know, the cult followers just hanging on every word. That's a dangerous and manipulative approach to take so that's why sometimes people accuse me of fence sitting but i'm actually not i'm being honest enough to say well it could be this or it could be that but i think the evidence goes down this path we have nick gene and mike you're in the paracast for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. 
Heart-related health problems affect millions of people each year. Maybe you're one of the many who suffer from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, or clogged arteries. There is a solution that doesn't involve expensive prescription drugs that only mask the problem and leave you with horrible side effects. If you are ready to live your life free of sickness, pain, and fear, live your life with increased vitality, energy, and youthfulness, and experience your body healing itself, then you're ready for heart and body extract from Healthy Hearts Club. Here is what one satisfied customer had to say about heart and body extract regarding his angina pain. I haven't had an angina pain since I've been on it. The heart body extract is just so great. I thank God that I was led to this product that's doing so much for me and that can do so much for other people. Call to order your two-month supply of heart and body extract today. Call 1-866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. This is a warning to all household pests, to all cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, and rats. If you've made yourself at home in someone else's home, you'd better hope the owners never hear about Terminix. Because Terminix has the know-how and the means to do whatever it takes to remove you from that home. Terminix has 90 years of experience eliminating home invaders. And they make it easy for homeowners to be protected by offering a free pest estimate by calling 1-800-676-9879. Cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, rats, and other pests. This is your last chance with one call, Terminix will remove you from the home you've invaded. If you think you can simply come back later, think again. Terminix will never stop working to keep you out with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Pests. Wherever you are, I will find you. Pests. You've been warned. Homeowners are calling Terminix right now for a free pest estimate. 1-800-676-9879. 1-800-676-9879. 30-day money-back guarantee at participating locations. Limitations apply. See plan for details. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. I was going to have Nick do it that time, but I felt we didn't have a show that long. <laughs> Well, I need, to, I need to get more breath back as well. So. <laughs> yeah. I have to say that you remind me of a book that I have. It's called The Definitive Compendium of Authoritative Misinformation. It's called The Experts Speak. And basically, it's every expert in the history of the world, you know, as far back as print can go, is how wrong the experts are about what they're saying and it's funny to read it's one of those things that you get a good laugh at 
and I'm, I'm trying to find one that fits. Here's one example. 13 states with a population less than New York State alone can prevent repeal until Haley's Comet returns. One might as well talk about a summer vacation on Mars. This is about the disappearance of prohibition. Of course, this individual was wrong. <laughs> prohibition being one of them. So, you know, the experts and people talking about the race as a man, the evolution of life, it's called The Experts Speak. And it's one of the funniest books I've ever read because it basically is when the experts are wrong, it's in that book. And it goes back to what you were saying, that there are plenty of things that we just don't get right, even when we think we're right. We have our known knowns, we have our unknown knowns, we have our known unknowns, and we have our unknown unknowns. Yeah, four categories of yeah. epistemology there. Well, I think sometimes what happens, you know, the vast majority of people who aren't involved or interested in the paranormal at all, people just don't notice sometimes, you know, the the weird stuff that goes on. One of the things that I immediately springs to mind when it comes to the issue of what reality is or isn't are things like synchronicities. Now, I get a lot of synchronicities, and I don't ignore them, but, you know, synchronicities aren't just bizarre coincidences. It really does suggest, you know, that reality isn't what it appears to be. If strange things can happen in what seem to be a bizarre, complex, manipulative way, then you have to begin to wonder, well, are we really just seeing part of the picture and not realizing the bigger picture? And I actually do think that is the case. I, I don't think synchronicities are just the occasional random weird coincidence. If you look at things from a dualistic perspective, where you have a human being who has a soul and a spirit, and that somehow disembodied from the rest of the physical world, and they think of the world as divided into mental and physical, then synchronicities aren't going to make any sense because you're going to think of human being interacting with the world through some kind of medium, which doesn't even make sense because if they're different on, if they're, if physical and mental are different ontologically, how do they interact? So the real, so a lot of times the problem in philosophy and in science is that people ask the wrong question. And I think that what we're dealing with is that you're a being that is a part, an appendage of the universe. It's like an apple that grows out of a tree. You're not separate from the universe. You're not homeless, so to speak. You're not placed into the world by some entity you know, from beyond, you are part of the universe. So it makes sense that synchronicity would be something that would, and, and you know, Jung, who was the father of talking about synchronicity, he was a monist. I mean, you know, when I read his books, he doesn't try to make a distinction between physical reality and mental reality, but he does talk about archetypes that exist in physical reality that become a part of who we are, but we're still part of that same universe. So synchronicity, from a point of view of a monist, I think is a more a more viable alternative than from a dualistic ontology. No, that, that's a good point, you know, and um, I think when it comes to reality, you know, I don't try and pretend to know what reality is and, and it isn't, only that now and again, weird stuff happens, you know, which yeah. cannot be explained by just the world around us, so to speak, in, in simple terms. That's how I kind of view it. There are certain things where 
glitches happen or just something so weird happens and it happens for a reason and and the more you kind of take notice of them the more they seem to occur so i sort of have a an open mind on what it is we're actually dealing with and what even our reality is but you know i think the one the one big difference i have with a lot of people and i'm not just saying that for the sake of it is that i actually have a good way of switching off i don't get obsessed by things and i think sometimes things like the slender man and just the paranormal in general just obsessing about it and thinking of nothing else 24 7 is not a healthy way to live your life you know it'll um, suck you in as gene knows you know because we've had these conversations before you know i work nine to five monday to friday working you know writing the books or the articles five o'clock comes round. you know the laptop goes into sleep mode and you know evenings and weekends are for like taking a girlfriend out to see a band play or going out with a bunch of mates to watch a soccer game things like that and i i really do switch off friday afternoon five o'clock i don't do anything work-wise research-wise till nine o'clock monday morning and i certainly don't do anything other after five o'clock at night in the week unless it's like tonight you know doing a, a radio show and for me you know, I can see how easily it is to get sucked in and, and it becomes like a dark place. And I think that's why I always tell people, you know, make sure you've still got your regular life as well. That's one of the things I've found in the Slenderman phenomenon. Again, whether it's a psychological issue or a supernatural issue, you find for some weird reason, which you don't get with, say, the Men in Black or the Black Eyed Children or whatever, but with a Slenderman, you get this angle of where it just ends in disaster every time people got obsessed with it. They don't just write articles about it or write books. Their lives are ruined. The fact that happens so many times in relation to the Slenderman. You know, I'm looking at something that caught my attention on the, uh, the Amazon uh, entry on your book. It says, perhaps, and I quote, like the vast Skynet system in the Terminator movies, the internet is turning against us and attacking us with digital equivalents of our own online nightmares. I, I'm, I may be quoting somebody's blurb, but, but is, that, is that something that you think about? I mean, do you think about the notion of human consciousness and intelligence, what some people call artificial intelligence? Do you really think there's a difference between artificial and natural intelligence? And by the way, that's a well, really deep question. It is. I mean, it's, it sounds like a simple question, but there's nothing simple about it at all. Now, to answer the question, I would sort of look at what is being said, you know, in this sort of scientific world today. I mean, you know, there are some su surprisingly well-known figures in the world of science who do suspect, not believe or conclude, but suspect, you know, that the... the the internet, if you like, may becoming kind of self-aware. Now, whether or not, you know, that is exactly the case or not is very much sort of open to interpretation. But, you know, there is, again, like a school of thought that does believe that is the case. And, and the reason why I mention that in the book, more than anything else, is actually one particular story which was given to me for the book and it came from a, a young woman named Lacey who I interviewed. Well when I interviewed her she was um, a trainee flight attendant, she's now a, a full flight attendant but by her own admission within sort of the first year or so of when the whole Slenderman thing picked up and you know became like an obsession for so many, 
by Lacey's own uh, admission, she became obsessed with it. She printed off dozens and dozens of images from like Google Images, and you know, frame, printed them off and framed them on her one of her living rooms uh, walls, that kind of thing, the office walls. Um, she printed off bunches of stories that people had created, wrote her own stories, took part in chat rooms, debates, etc., etc., and became very, very obsessed with this whole issue. Now, she told me, and again, she I met her, in, I met Lacey in person, and she came across just like a regular person with a really weird story. More weird okay. stories, Nick Redfern, Michael Allen, Gene Steinberg. You're in. The podcast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective.
Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best, complete, nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. <laughs> He's going to be like the Federal Express man in this episode. Remember that guy in the commercials where he talked real fast? By the way, I'm going to talk about this real fast. We have not mentioned the fact that we have a version of the show that we offer without the network ads. And the way to get it is to sign up for the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. We give you the After the Paracast podcast and other goodies. It's amazing. It's fabulous. It's groovy on it's a Sunday Paracast. afternoon. Grooving on a... No, forget it. It's awesome. It really is awesome, for sure. $1.49 a week. It's cheaper than buying coffee. You can't get coffee at a convenience store for less than $1.75 or something now. It's preposterous. But we offer this after the Paracast. The Paracast. Go to Paracast Plus. Plus.theparacast.com to learn more. Nick Redfern is here. And he's giving us the fabulous bumpers. I just saw something interesting in the book as I was paging through it. The shadow thing would not reflect light. Does that mean the shadow thing had a cloaking device, Nick? Well, I don't know. The, the witness kind of described it as sort of, you know, dark as dark, you know, as if um, no light could get in, no light could get out. It was just too dark, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, but back to the story I was telling, um, Lacey, this flight attendant, she told me how, as I said before the break, she, by her own admission, she became very obsessed with the whole Slenderman phenomenon. This went on for months and finally, you know, for a couple of years. And on one occasion, as the, at the height of all this, um, she put her laptop in sleep mode at night. And as she did so, she said just for like a, like a millisecond, but enough just to register it in the eye, she saw like a, a faceless face, like the Slender Man, on the laptop image. Or on the, t- on the screen, I should say, she saw the image. And 
found it kind of a bit creepy and weird. And then um, sometime afterwards, again, when she when she's putting it into sleep mode, she saw like this skinny, spindly, spidery humanoid figure. Again, very, very, very briefly on the screen. And then on a third occasion, she, as she was putting it again into sleep mode, she heard something say, uh, we're friends now. Now, of course, you know, people have said to me, and it's not impossible, maybe somebody had sort of got into her system, you know, hacked into her system and was playing mind games with her. I don't know. But what I can tell you is that Lacey became, like so many others, just plunged into a state of fear, of obsession, of paranoia, and to the point where she actually uh, owned a copy of a previous book written by a friend of mine called Robin Swope. Uh, he, Robin wrote a book about five years ago called The Slender Man from Fact to Fiction. Excuse me, from fiction to fact. And um, Lacey got so obsessed, she actually burned um, Robin's book, her copy of Robin's book. And um, that you know, demonstrates not just the obsession angle, but how you have this weird crossover between an alleged real Slenderman, if you like, but coming to life out of the internet and interacting with someone who is using the internet to find all they can on the Slenderman. Now, as I said, the you know the easiest option in all this is that somebody was playing mind games and hacking her and so forth. But if not, then you have this angle of somehow the Slenderman and the internet and the victim all becoming part of one phenomenon, so to speak. Well, I can tell you from my own personal experience, and I've had many of them, these are the non sequiturs I talked about, Gene, is that I would be with a friend and we would be thinking about something and we'd be wandering around in some dark place because we, we like to go out and we like to hike and drink vodka. Don't ask me why. We just like to do that. That was our thing. We did it in Dallas, Texas. I mean, we did it down in Dallas Nature Center. We would go down to the, it's now called the Cedar Creek Reserve, and we would walk down the trails. And I remember a fascinating experience that we both had simultaneously while we were walking down the trail. And it involved us both talking about uh, something, you know, that we had experienced years before that we didn't really couldn't explain and we were talking about it while we were drunk and all of a sudden we started hearing noises and things coming out of the bushes as if it was coming after us and and i remember seeing figures that didn't make any sense to me and like figures that were you know humanoid that were chasing us and i remember us running and screaming out of the park and uh, this was five miles of trails so if you could imagine us being stuck on those trails and going, what the hell is that? And we're having this shared, you know, kind of a hallucination experience because we had been talking about something. Now, I call this a non sequitur because I'm not going to try to explain it. I'm not going to say that I know what it is or that I even think that there was anything physically real about it. But psychically, we were both on the same wavelength. And we both saw the same thing, and we both explained it in the same way. And to this day, we still talk about it. You know, I think that that's, uh, that's something that a lot more people, if they would admit it, they have these experiences, uh, you know, instead of saying that was just mass hysteria, or that was just my own mind making up things, if they would come out with it, 
I think we could learn a lot. And it's this, this is what I think about, you know, when I, when I sit in my room and I stare at a wall, uh, you know, like a spackled wall, sometimes I'll see faces coming out of the wall, you know, and, and sometimes I won't. And it just depends on the day and they're, and, you know, and I know they're not real, but I still sit there and I go, wow, hmm, there's a face there. Huh. And it happens to be whatever it is that I'm thinking about. So I, I think there's something to that, Nick. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you, you know, you bring up the whole issue of like alcohol and things like that. I mean, what it comes down to at the end of the day is whether it's alcohol, drugs, hallucinogenics, you know, DMT, um, it doesn't really matter, you know, um, mescaline. What it all comes down to is that you're basically altering the, your normal mindset. And it's when you're in that sort of altered state that paranormal things, I won't say happen more, but you, you're able to visualize them more. Now, I'm yeah. not saying, you know, just you go down to pub on a Friday night, drink a bunch of beer, you're going to see a Bigfoot. It's not quite that simple, you know. I wish it was because, you know, I drink plenty of beer, but I've never seen Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, um, but joking aside, what, what it does really come down to is, you know, altered states do allow us, I firmly believe, to access other realms, other entities, other forms of existence that you won't see in a normal situation. I mean, if you think about it, you know, I mean, x-rays, um, you know, infrared, etc. Um, you know, you don't see them, but we, you know, they're around us, you know, x-rays allow us to see bones, fractures and so forth. Um, but the, you know, the point I'm trying to make is that, or that I am hopefully making is that, you know, when you're in an altered state, you have the ability to access phenomena and realms that you cannot in the normal um, state, if you like. And so, I mean, that's why, you know, if you look into South American tribes and things like this, you know, the, um, the, the village shaman or whatever, you know, is perceived as a very revered character because he or she has the ability, you know, to really open the doors, so to speak. And, um, and I think... Certainly, you know, when people talk about DMT and saying, you know, they encounter these strange little creatures and so on, and people say, well, this is just hallucinating. I don't think it is. I think, you know, there actually are other realms around us, and I do believe we can access them. Uh, well, but you people, cannot ac we're taken... not accessing them. What's yeah, that? go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, we're not accessing them by, you know, like the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, the SETI program, by sending radio waves out. We're actually accessing multi-realms. And a lot of people don't get their head around that because, well, that's just ma magic, you know, that's just garbage. You know, we need to do this by sending signals out to this star system or that star system. Well, good luck on that. You know, it's never worked yet, and I don't believe it will. The, uh, the way to, end, to contact these supernatural entities is, I think, by altering the state of the mind, and that then allows us that interaction. And, of course, if you look at it, so many people who've had the Slenderman interaction have woken up at sort of 2 or 3 a.m. to see the thing looming over the bed. Well, what do you do in bed at 2 or 3 a.m. in the M? You know, you're in the dream state, which is an altered state. So I think, you know, all of this kind of 
ties in as well. You know. I'm going to have more coming with Nick Redfern talking about the Slender Man. And I have a few questions. I'm going to lay on him in our next segment. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we're having these situations with Slender Man at 3 o'clock in the morning which is better than trying to call the president at three o'clock in the morning because he might be watching something on cable TV. But the issue here is if it's three o'clock in the morning and you're in a dream state, why assume it's anything more than a dream, Nick? Well, I mean, that's a good question. And, I, and you know, I don't dispute that some cases, you know, if you dream about it, we all had a dream about something at one night when it's happened, something's happened in the day. So sometimes a dream is just a dream. There's no doubt about that. But when you have things like prophetic dreams, astral travel, I think there's more to it. Now, as far as your question's concerned, I mean, it's a legitimate question. What I would say is why is it so many kids, teenagers, have these very vivid dreams and nightmares about the Slender Man, but you're not getting the same thing about Bigfoot or the black-eyed children. Even the black-eyed children are kind of similar in some respects to the 
slender man. You know, he's pale, and they try and find a way to the house and wear these black clothes, and they're sort of creepy. Even those thing phenomena don't inspire all that sort of terror and fear and paranoia. You know, when you have cases of people waking up at say two or three a.m., which is a classic time for people waking up and having paranormal experiences, like sleep paralysis and seeing strange entities at the end of the bed. You know, you can find those stories going back to stories of like Lilith thousands of years ago, like a predator, this predatory creature. And today you've got things like the old hag in Newfoundland, which are very similar. So either you view, you view this as like a glitch of the mind or when you're in that deep, very deep sleep state, you're able to interact with something which can also interact with you. Granted, part of this is going to be down to personal perspectives as to whether you view it as paranormal or not. I've actually had a couple of those weird experiences like sleep paralysis. And, um, you know, I've, I've spoken to enough friends who've had them, which leads me to believe there is sort of an external component which can interact in our dream state, which is a highly controversial thing to claim, that paranormal entities can get into our dreams and manipulate them, which is not unlike the image in the Matrix movies where we actually really are all fast asleep. And, you know, you have the Matrix manipulating our dream state, if you like, to make it look like something far more like the reality that we do live in or we hope we live in. You know, But, yeah, I mean, I, I cannot actually dispute what you said Gene, you know, how do we know that some of these aren't dreams? Well, some of them maybe. You know, I'm not sort of dogmatically saying they're all this or that, because that would be unfair and it would also be wrong. But I do think there's enough data to suggest there is something weirder going on. It's not just this or that. Well, let's look more into the determinant here about separating the dream state from the reality. I was just considering here where somehow people are forced or encouraged or enabled to do things they aren't aware about, like they're being controlled by these creatures. We've all already talked about, you know, the two girls in, uh, in Walkershire. They firmly believe they had to do this in the name of the Slenderman. I mean, I mean that's a fact. It's not that um, this was um, just uh, something they had this sort of vague idea, well, we should do this. No, it was like, you know, this has to be done in the name of him. I mean, I'll give you another example. Only one week after the attack on Peyton Lutner, when she was stabbed 19 times in Walkershire, there was another attack in Hamilton County, Ohio, where a young girl attacked her mother. Fortunately, her mother survived. But when the police checked into it, they found that she had a heavy obsession with the uh, Slender Man. There was another case in Pasco, Florida. This was just three months after the one in Hamilton County, where a young girl burned the house down and nearly killed her mother and her brother. But luckily, they uh, managed to escape. And she, too, had this journal where she was uh, an obsession with the Slender Man. But certainly the most... Uh, sort of tragic one and, and deadly one, uh, which went in some respects sort of far more dangerous than the attack in uh, Walkershire in 2014. One which actually, in, in May 2014, there was one, one way, uh, month later in June 2014 in Las Vegas, involved a married couple, Jared and Amanda Miller. And they shot dead two cops and a man in Walmart and went on this shooting spree around Vegas. Both of them were absolutely obsessed with two fictional entities, one being the Slender Man and the other one being uh, the Joker from the uh, 
DC comics. As far as his wife was concerned, Amanda, I mean, she had her own obsessions as well, also from uh, DC Comics. And, you know, you have this situation where you have people who, some people say, well, you know, it may just be just mental illness, but why does it just keep happening, you know, in relation to things like the Slender Man? And as I said, Jared Miller's wife, you know, she was obsessed with the Harley Quinn character, like a super villainess from DC Comics. They were also interested in the whole in angle of thought forms and cosplay particularly now if you put those two issues together cosplay and thought forms that's sort of like lighting the dynamite for creating a thought form well there's a lot of people creating that thought form and they're like to post their videos about that thought form i mean if you go to youtube and you do a search query on slenderman it's all over the place have you looked at i mean have you looked at these i mean they're they're fascinating it's a own entire phenomenon. I mean, if you just type the word Slenderman as one word into Google, there's more than 7 million results. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking about something that is not just an interest. It is a massive phenomenon. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one disturb, kind of disturbing and sort of s slightly creepy story. One of the people I interviewed for the book, it was Olaf Phillips, who, who runs and publishes Paranoia magazine, which is a, a newsstand magazine. And I interviewed Olaf because he had a, he told me how he had an interest in the Slenderman phenomenon. And they actually devoted one issue of the magazine to the Slenderman. And Olaf had a really interesting story to tell me about his young son. This is when his, you know, his son was preteen era, sort of eight or nine. So we're going back to sort of the, uh, you know, not long after the phenomenon was created. And Olaf happened to say to his son, you know, have you heard of this thing called the Slender Man? And he said his son kind of looked at him and stared and went really quiet and then said, well, why are you asking? He said, well, you know, we're, we're having a couple of articles in the next magazine and interested to children and, um, you know, keep children into, into all this. And have you heard of it? And his son finally said, well, yes, we all know about it at school. We all talk about it. Uh, we all focus on it. We're thinking about it, but we don't tell the parents. We don't tell the grown-ups, the old people. Now, that and, terrifies uh, me because I've got a son yeah. in the other room who's 15 years old. And when I'm done with the show, I'm going to walk over there and I'm going to ask him about this. Because, well, it, I mean, yeah. Well, what Olaf told me from there, he said, Well, what do you mean? And he said, Well, we're all into it, but it's our thing. It's not for the adults. And Olaf told me, and again, I interviewed him for the book, the, the entire interview with him is in the book. He said he came to realize that in his son's own class, in his own school, everybody, who, you know, all the friends, they were all focusing on the Slender Man and talking about him, thinking about him, and writing stuff about him. And yet, they were successfully able to keep it from the, you know, the teachers and the parents. And it was only when Olaf himself brought it up that he began to realize that there was undercurrent of this phenomenon being discussed. And none of the old guys, so to speak, as he worded it, knew anything about it. And they made Olaf think, well, this is my son's school. What about the school down the road? What about the school in the next county? or in the next the schools in the next states, the next countries, the next continents. And he realized that there was this sort of silent going under the radar, so to speak, of all these kids obsessed with this and nobody knowing about it other than the kids themselves. Wow, that's, a, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a real conspiracy right there. And that's a, 
that's a Lord of the Flies type of conspiracy. I yeah. mean, if you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we're going to take a break and then uh, do the final I mean. third of the show with Michael Allen, our guest co-host, Nick Redfern. We're doing the Slenderman Mysteries. I was thinking we can call the book the Slenderman Chronicles. The Slenderman Chronicles. I guess it could have been Slenderman Prophecies probably would have been a little bit too close to the last man prophecies, but yeah, people right. would probably give a bunch of crap for that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> quite know, deserved, know. Okay, we've got to break it. You're in. The Paracast! Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. See why our homegrown small business at sunny-bay.com has tried to help people just like you. Get your Sunny Bay heating pads at sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Or call 253-678-1361. For hot and cold therapy, sunny-bay.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. With uncertain times in the United States, it's only prudent to consider storing precious metals in a safe place outside our borders. At Miles Franklin, we have done just that for you. Partnered with the most respected storage company in the industry, Miles Franklin is proud to offer the only fully insured private safe deposit box program in North America held in Vancouver and Toronto. Send us your previously purchased precious metals or have one of our brokers help you purchase something new. Questions? Please call one of our experienced brokers at 866-485-4346. 
Solid Foundational Storage, partnered with the most respected name in security. Maintaining an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and residing in Minnesota, the only state in America that regulates the precious metals industry, making doing business in precious metals with Miles Franklin the safest choice. Call us at 866-485-4346. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Limited, a name you can trust. This is Dan Pilla. Do you have the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have to tell Nick at the beginning whether the bumper's going to be long or short. If I say long next time, he's going to give us a 12-minute all right, I'll Bumper, that. the problem with that is, of course, that's longer than a normal segment for the show. I actually think that he'll run out of breath at a certain point. We could test yeah. him on that. No, he's of another planet, so it doesn't matter. Uh, which one? Zeta Reticuli? I mean, one of the, the Zeta the Reticuli? The planet thought form. <laughs> oh, the planet thought form? Is that the one that's going to hit the Earth on the, uh, April 23rd or something like that was the end of the world when Planet X is supposed to slam into the Earth. And call <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I read that in an article. I thought it was like, yeah. whoa. It's like, oh, how many times have we heard the end of the world is nigh? Yeah. Too many. <laughs> is this a worldwide phenomenon, Slender Man? No, it's it's everywhere. I mean, uh, I mentioned very briefly um, earlier that the in Germany have their, have their own equivalent called Der Grossmann, which is like a tall, skinny creature, which has actually been quite deeply embedded into the fictional um, Slenderman phenomenon of today. Now, I also interviewed a guy for the book who actually lives in England and had an encounter with a Slenderman-type uh, entity in 2001. And he told me how... Now, I mean, bear in mind, he told the story to me in 2005. And so this was four years before the Slenderman phenomenon was created. But he'd seen this strange creature in an area of forest in central England called the Canuck Chase, which actually has a long history of paranormal activity attached to it. But he said he saw this sort of seven to nine foot tall, spindly creature with arms down to its knees, very skinny. And he said the face was like weirdly, you couldn't distinguish it properly. It was almost like it was, imagine like a face moving really, really quickly but so quickly that it was just a blur. You know, he related this story to me. I still have his original email from, from you know, the mid-2000s on file, you know, where I can prove that he told all this story four years before the Slenderman story was even on anybody's radar. So, you know, we've got Germany, we've got the UK, and it's not just Western cultures, you know. Uh, as I said earlier, Native American law, they have a, a creature called Walking Sam, which, again, is um, a tall, skinny figure that wears a hat, and he's kind of vaguely like a man-in-black-type character, and he's also dangerous to children. 
again, you can find these things all around the world, but they have their own names in their own little towns and villages and their own cultures, you know, like the Pied Piper in Germany. You put all these issues together, then yes, you can make a good case that the Slender Man is just about everywhere and may well, in some form, have existed before it became known by its most visible and famous or infamous name today of the Slender Man. There's good evidence that it was, it was pre-existing, but subconsciously it was sort of brought or even willed, if you like, into the, the modern era. Well, and I have something to add to that that might... I don't know if you've ever read Robert Jordan, The Wheel of Time. It's a massive... He's considered like the Tolkien of the modern age, he wrote a 13-volume book, of uh, The Wheel of Time, and there is this being called a murderer, which has no eyes, and that's about as close to a non-face as you can get. They're spindly-looking beings. I mean, they don't have tentacles. They're eyeless, but they can see kind of that whole aspect of them, and then being dark and extremely quick, strong, and they're also called, by the way, gray men in some instances, which is really interesting. But I mean, even in the you know modern mythology, you know, the Wheel of Time, you know, fantasy, you see this, the instances of what I would consider, at least from the faceless point of view. If you have no eyes, you might as well have no face. They can see with perfect clarity, but their appearance never varies, and they're always male, they're identical in features and bill's always described as that of a tall man and very mm -hmm. thin so it's a very interesting you know something that you might you might be interested if you ever if you've never read the wheel of time that, that this being is uh is a massive player in that uh mm -hmm. story that epic it's a very uh i think that you're right there's something very primordial about it and mm -hmm. uh i think that people need to study it more get to the bottom of it yeah, and I think one of the problems, of course, is that for so many, you know, people just perceive it as as a fictional creation which has sort of disturbed the minds of a number of people who then become, you know, sort of infamous in the media and so forth. When you look into it deeper and you speak to the witnesses who actually haven't gone on the record but, you know, swear they've seen this thing, this entity, it really is difficult, you know, to suggest that that it is just psychological, um, you know, it, and, it, and, it, and it does create sort of a, a creepy vibe. I mean, um, you know, you mentioned these sort of, um, you know, these creepy creatures you just talked about without eyes. Well, I mean, a perfect example of similarity, uh, a 2007 uh, movie, which you may have seen, Pan's Labyrinth. Now, Pan's Labyrinth is sort of like, um, an, it's, it's an, like, like an adult version of a Harry Potter movie. It involves this young girl, Ophelia, in, the, in Spain in the Second World War, who descends into this state where she lives with these, uh, in her dreams, if you like, with these sort of strange magical entities, kind of straight out of a, of a Harry Potter movie or, or a novel. But you're never really sure if she's actually accessed a real magical world or if it's just her mind disintegrating and trying to find a way to you know uh, cushion the the trauma of the war but what's interesting that in pan's labyrinth you have these this character known as the pale man who has no eyes and his, his eyes are actually in his palm of his hands now 
What's particularly interesting is that the guy who played the pale man in Pan's Labyrinth is an actor named Doug Jones. And Doug Jones just happened to be the man who played the Slenderman type character in the, in the 2015 movie called Always Watching, which is basically based around the Slenderman. So again, you have these sort of weird synchronicities, you know, that kind of tie in with what you've just said about these faceless entities and making the link with Pan's Labyrinth, which leads directly to a movie linked to the Slenderman. Did you say pale? Pale, say, P-A-L-E, yeah. yeah, pale. Yeah, yeah, yeah because that's, that's exactly the, what I mean. You know, I'm looking at an image right now, and that's exactly what they are. They are not mm -hmm. human, but they're close enough to being human to be something that's recognizable. Yeah. And I think that is a very significant point that people need to look at. I mean, yeah, that's that's really yeah, it's that that goes beyond synchronicity. Mm -hmm. Well, again, it's a matter of sort of looking for the threads. I think more than anything else. But of course, you know, I think a lot of people just aren't looking into the paranormal angle. I mean. Certainly, you know, when the two girls were, were in court, you know, you had psychologists and psychiatrists talking about this and that. Very few people really have touched on the, the potential paranormal aspect of all this. And, you know, I think it's, it's an area that should be touched on more. Got to touch this announcement. Okay. Then we'll get back with Nick and Michael. And you're in. The Paracast! You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. 
Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? That is the worst singing I've ever heard. (laughs) Nick? Would you like to close the really, really long one? The spontaneity. The spontaneity. Yes, the spontaneity. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, when you put all these different threads together, like, for example, you know, in Walkershire, where the girls launched the attack, but then you find there was a similar case in 21, there was a similar case in 1995, and then you find, you know, people have seen the Slender Man on the internet, you know, as if coming to life or in the middle of the night. Why is it that this isn't happening with a lot of other strange phenomena? Uh, in some it does, you know, but there are certain other ones it doesn't. Why is it that people are getting so obsessed with it? Why does the obsession keep ending in tragedy and death and disaster? How is it that the obsession developed so quickly? And I think, you know, it's important to go back and look at the parallels with things like chaos magic. I heard the dog. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, you know, when you see this stuff, I, I have to say, um, uh, I'm going to have a really long talk with my son if uh, he knows. What? We're hearing the dietary requirements of his dog right now. 
it's omega three for one of the dogs that probably needs omega three, and then the other dog doesn't need them. At least that's what I think. Is my interpretation correct, Gene? We're just going to pretend that didn't go on and go ahead, please. <laughs> Give him a nice steak. He'll probably like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'll have omega-3 if you burn it enough. What was I talking oh. about? What was I talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, we were just talking about putting all the threads together, you know, as to how, why all this, I think, is a valid scenario that fiction has become reality and the reality has become self-aware and independence and now... And that's when it becomes dangerous. And that's, that's the position we're in right now, I think. Well, I think I've, I've really enjoyed our talk, by the way. I, I, I like your, your approach, Nick. Um, I, wish I'd read, I wish I'd read more of your books, and I haven't, and I need to. And by more, I mean more than zero, is that you sound like a person who likes to just, who collects the stories and tries to connect the dots and make, and make sense out of it. But you, you let the reader decide on what what they need to think you you give your opinion when it when it's necessary or you feel like it but i i really have i've enjoyed this discussion this has been a very fascinating talk let's continue with this here well no i mean no no, i mean what was just said is actually correct you know what i do is i dig as deeply as I can into the mystery, whichever one it is, you know, Slenderman, Roswell, whatever, and present for the reader the data that I've found and uncovered, and present also the data which I think pushes it down the path that I think is the right one. But I just don't think it's the responsible thing to do to demand that people accept my theory as the correct one, because, you know, the Ewing UFO still stands for unidentified and the paranormal, still called the paranormal, because we don't really know. It's not normal. We don't know what it is. So it's, it's irresponsible to demand that people go along with what you say. Although I, I think it's right to share what you found and also right to share your theories. But don't, you know, make it, like I said earlier, like some crazy guy on the pulpit demanding you accept this or else you're going to burn in hell and he knows that for sure well the fact is he doesn't know that for sure and i don't know for sure what happened at roswell but i can offer my theories as to what i think came down and i think that's and that kind of paralleling with slenderman that's the best thing you can do you know if you want to stay true and honest to your own well i mean i mean if you if you collect the stories and you pull them together, and you tie them back to ancient, you know, the the ancient stories, the things, the memes that, but we call we can call them archetypes, we can call them memes, but they're really the same thing. They they dwell within the subconscious of the human mind, and then they sublimate somehow. You know, a good, honest, objective study, I think, is is what is needed, and I think you've uh, fulfilled that requirement. I mean, I, I, and this is coming from somebody who hasn't read your books, mm. but I've listened to you talk, and uh, and I and I have to say that's that's a very good thing. I like that. Um, okay. I pers- I personally, I have the same feeling. I have no idea, you know, in every single incident that I've ever read, I have no idea what it is. I have, you know, I I read different theories on what's going on, and I read stuff, but. You know, people give their opinions, but you know what's most important to me is the story 
and how the, the lines connect. And maybe perhaps we just haven't looked at it in the way that we should be. You know, in other words, we haven't seen it in the, it, we haven't looked at it in that way that needs to be looked at in order for us to make sense out of all of this. And, uh, you know, props to you, man. I mean, that's, it's awesome. Well, thanks. You know, I mean, I, I do what I could do, you know, and, um, when we don't know answers, I say we don't know answers. You know, try not to speculate too much. You know, a bit of speculation is good, but try just to go with what the data is, you know, whether it's limited or not. And uh, at the end of the day, that, that really is all we can do, unless you want to just wildly speculate, but then that it just comes across as wild speculation. You know, yeah, I well, saw an article here, that a very small article at your blog, that kind of struck me. And I think we've certainly acquainted our listeners here with Slender Man. And I recommend the book because anything Nick writes is just well written. And this is a breezy read. The Slender Man Mysteries, an Internet Urban Legend Comes to Life. But this struck me here. And it was something you wrote on February 22nd. It's been a while since we've had you on the Paracast. If Roswell should fall. Now, I think to a number of people here, Roswell fell a long time ago. Mm, I, yeah. I think UFO events, anyway. Well, and, and to be honest, I mean, Roswell is so far back in history. Who knows? I mean, what is the correct answer to Roswell? Well, what, what I, call, I, call it, I call it like a ufological Jack the Ripper, you know, where you've got dozens of different theories, or a lot of different theories, but it's so far gone, everybody's dead, and you're left with, well, I think it was this, I think it was that, no, she thinks this, and that's where we're at, it's become, it's become like um, a UFO version of Jack the Ripper, you know. Well, you left with, you left with the high priest, the high priest, Stanton Friedman himself, who will tell you the whole story, and you either accept it or you reject it. I mean, yeah. I like I like Stanton Friedman, and I like the work that he's done. But in all honesty, there's you know the Roswell story's got so much holes in it, shot through it. And I like his thesis, by the way. Let Nick finish. All right, go ahead. I saw Stan um, actually last weekend. We were this weekend just gone. We you know, and we get on fine. We had a good laugh and a joke. We just disagree on what happened at Roswell. But I think you know, Slenderman, Roswell, whatever it is, just. Just keep looking. You know, that's all we can really do. And hopefully we'll get the answers one day. Well, the problem you see with Roswell is that it's so old. There's nobody alive to talk to unless they're really, really old. Maybe there's somebody out there 103 years old who can tell us about Roswell. They were there. But we get stuff like this and it just gets a life of its own. And nothing changes, just like with Stanton Friedman and what Nick is talking about here is Stan is on his final lecture tour. He's going to take it easy, enjoy his life and everything like that. So when we talk about this, we've got this endless story and we either repeat the same old memes as Stan does, or we try to find some basis to either give it some sort of category or be done with it. And I kind of go with the idea that Roswell involves something that might have been a little bit strange or something that we're not sure about, but at this point, we'll never solve it. Got more to come. One more segment. I'll allow this to happen. Nick 
Gene and Michael. If you're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fellow Patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. Uh, January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Uh, then my real health began going downhill. I had high blood pressure, diabetes, poor vision. I wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking heart and body extract from within a few days. I started sleeping better. My blood pressure normalized. My diabetes normalized. My sleep improved. Experience these benefits and more when your body heals itself with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, 
I did not expect this at all. By the seventh, eighth, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. This is Dan Pillard. Do you have the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. It's dueling Paracast, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Nick and Michael are fighting amongst each other to see who can do the best Paracast. We should mention here, Michael also plays piano, although he got burned out a few years ago. I think he had hot keys. Uh, hot keys? What does that mean? Uh, I don't know what that means. Sorry. Oh, hot keys. Oh, got it. Never mind. <laughs> Just got it. Okay, hot keys. There we go. The thing I wonder <laughs> about, Nick, is we hear these stories in the UFO field, and sometimes we just see stuff that you debunk so well, and it just comes back, and it comes back, and it becomes like... As our old friend Paul Kimball said, like Dracula, drive a stake through Aztec and just keeps coming back. Drive a stake through Roswell. It keeps coming back. Drive a stake through a UFO researcher, you know, figuratively, not literally. You expose them as being fakers that they did not get doctorates at MIT and they come back as if nothing ever happened. Nick, how do we deal with stuff like that if we're just revisiting the past over and over again? And some people well, feel that, I that, live in the past. Yeah, the problem is we, we shouldn't be. What we should do, unfortunately, there are a lot of people in ufology who want Roswell to be this or they want Roswell to be that. Well, I my view is we should take just a totally impartial view. You know, it's kind of like... In ufology and cryptozoology, just about every other ology, you've got believers, skeptics, debunkers. Well, what's wrong with just having someone who looks at a case with no agenda at all? And that's what I try and do. You know, I try and look at everything from a totally open perspective. You know, I have no need to push this agenda for Slenderman any more than I have any need to push an agenda for Roswell. I think all of us should just go and see where the evidence leads and if it goes somewhere you like that's great if it upholds your view that roswell really was alien that's great if the data pushes you down a different path say with some sort of military experiment and you hate it and you don't want it to believe that but if you're honest enough to admit to yourself well i think it was then that i think is the way we should be doing the research not just you know it's what greg bishop calls ufo porn in other words giving people exciting stories instead of giving them hard facts. Well, I'd like to have a few hard facts, but what could we do with them? It's like reading the same report or a similar report of a UFO sighting. 
And I'll mention, of course, well, MUFON. And you read the same sighting 400 times, and my God, it's enough. Well, that's right. I mean, it's like how many times can we not just write about Roswell, but say, for example, the Cash Landrum case or, you know, the McMinnville photograph. Is it real or is it a car wheel or whatever? There's far more debate than there is answers coming forward. Part of it is just due to the fact that people want their belief systems upheld. And when they get questioned, they put out another book explaining why it's all correct, you know, that kind of thing. So that says more about people. Because you can, than it does about ufology, because you get the same arguments by a different top, topic, but the, the, the design of the arguments is just the same in ghost hunting or Bigfoot seeking or, you know, people who go looking for Mothman or people who want to try and solve the Kennedy assassination. It's all exactly the same approach. You know, I believe this, well, he believes that, she believes that. And another book comes out with another theory or another book upholds a different, you know, an earlier theory. It's not something that is basically sort of driven around ufology it, it revolves around every single mystery that's ever been investigated really you know apart from the ones that have been solved yeah and but the thing we also have to consider here is is any of this solvable are we going to solve slender man going to wake up one day and ah that's it cool solve no, roswell I, we'll wake up one day that's cool well, in terms of Roswell, Roswell could actually be solved if the old files still exist and one day they surface. Regardless of what happened at Roswell, whether it was a UFO crash with dead aliens or it was some sort of bizarre and disturbing military experiment, you know, using human test subjects or something like that, whatever the answer is, somewhere those files are still tucked away. And so there's a potential one day that we could solve it if, say, those files were released either deliberately or you know, accidentally, or in kind of like a ufological Edward Snowden, you know, something that was totally unforeseen. When it comes to, you know, solving it, that's a poss- that could be solved if that happened. I guess the only way you could prove something like the Slender Man is to sort of initiate similar experiments to try and create thought forms of other entities. Well, I think you've already picture. proven it. But, but not to tell anybody. Keep it totally quiet and then see if people start seeing that entity that you took from fiction to fact. But, you know, it's a small group of people that are focusing on it. They agree not to tell anyone. And then if suddenly a Tolpa version of some famous creature from from the world of fiction suddenly starts to be seen, then at least you can make some degree of a case that this can be achieved, you know. I think what you're saying... You know, I can give you a personal experience that where there was something that I didn't believe existed until somebody told me in a context of religion. I uh, joined a religion for a while, and I'm not going to name what it is, but... Uh, you know it's was, not Scientology, I hope. No, it's not, and I'm not going to name what it is because I don't want to name it. But being called a mokul, which is a bright flash of brief light that would appear, my wife would tell me about it and say, these are the things that they, they come out, and they're called mokuls. After she told me about them, I saw them everywhere. It was really weird. By the way, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in anything. At least now I don't. But I remember believing in it, and I remember looking in the dark spaces when I was falling asleep and seeing one out of the corner of my eye. And I will tell you, There is something to that. You know, when you believe in something, 
And when you put your mind on, on an entity, an experience or phenomenon, you imagine it in your head, you will manifest it out in the physical realm. And that is a very, very disturbing experience. And I've had that many times. Gene, I hope you don't mind me mentioning this, but this is one of my non sequiturs that I've talked about, is that I just simply did not have an explanation for it, but it was there and I would see it. And it's a bright flash of light. And I asked my wife, I said, what is that? She goes, oh, that's an angel that's looking out for you. Well, of course, you know me, I'm, you know, I just like, yeah, whatever. Nick Redfern, Nick Redfern, tell our listeners where we can find more of the great stuff you do. Um, Well, my blog is uh, World of Whatever, uh, nickredfern40.blogspot.com, or you can find me at uh, Facebook. Uh, There's several Nick Redferns, but you'll scroll down, you'll see me. Nick Redfern UFO, that's my Twitter account. And all the books you can get off Amazon and most of them off the shelves in Barnes & Noble as well. Sounds great. Terrific to me. You can find us on Twitter if you look for The Paracast. Got to have that The. Okay? The Paracast. Two, Facebook fan clubs. One's a group, one's a community. And I wonder if I should keep the Facebook thing going after listening to Mark Zuckerberg testify before Congress. And every other question, he says, I'll have my team get back to you. Well, folks, I'm not too impressed with Facebook anymore. So I have to consider my options. We also want you to consider this option. It's called the Paracast Plus. What's the Paracast Plus? Very simple. It's a way to get this show with better quality audio. So we give automatically Michael Allen a better microphone. Slightly yeah, better microphone. yeah, we need one. I, I guess I need a better one. I need something. What, what did you call it? I don't remember. Product placement. Never mind. I remember. Look at the Yeti Blackout Microphone. That's available at GameSpot. I'm serious. I sent him a link. It's 99 bucks, and that's cheaper than buying a Yeti, a Blue Yeti, which is one of the best mics out there. Any case, okay. we're not doing free ads or product placements here. We're doing Paracast Plus. We also give you the After the Paracast podcast. And to get all these goodies, you just go check plus.theparacast.com. Plus.theparacast.com gives you all the information on signing up. Prices start just $1.49 a week. But if you go for a lifetime or five-year membership, we got free stuff. You want free stuff? As the politicians say, free stuff, we give it to you. Nick Redfern, always fun talking to you. And your Paracast bumpers are outstanding as usual. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. All right, thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.